So I was saying before, this may be the worst Left 4 Dread movie I've seen or we've seen so far. I. You think it's the worst? I don't. I'm. I'm serious. Like. <laughs> you think this was worse than that awful July Fourth movie we watched? What was it? Oh, called? That, that, that that is okay. Hmm. That it's is true. Pretty close. It's pretty it, close. It is. It is pretty close. Like, okay, yes, it was bad, but like, uh, especially the older version. Okay, well, actually, I, before we should, before we just dive into it. Hi, welcome to Left 4 Dead. Um, <laughs> we buried the lead. This might be a short episode, but happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, guys. Yeah, Ryan and I are... We're talking about my bloody Valentine. Both the iterations. Yes, both iterations, and I... Hot Chris take, is not happy. I'm not happy. Like, it, it, it's what... Okay, okay, disclaimer. You know, you know that I love bad horror movies. Yes. But this was really boring. I it did not like. I love going to the movies. I love just watching movies because I get immersed. And I'm one of those people who gets really annoyed if like if I'm in a movie theater and and like someone's next to me, you know, on their phone texting or it's just. No, you just break out of the immersion. This movie did not capture... Or both movies. Well, okay. Well, especially the older 1981 My Bloody Valentine. It did not <laughs> capture my attention at all. And granted, I this is my first time seeing the 1981 version. I've seen the 20, uh, 2009 version before. I paid to go see the 2009 version in 3D in theaters. Yes, yeah, I, or nay, or do you want your money back? Or okay, well, well, <laughs> well, put it this way, and I'll, I'll obviously when we start talking about the 2009 version, I'll get more into it. But before I started watching it, and you can ask Tom, I said I have this vague rig. I like I remember who the killer is, and I have this vague recollection of this movie being hilarious. And then I watched it, and I was like, oh. <laughs> Now I remember why it was funny. It's because it was terrible. And all I could do was laugh. <laughs> okay, so let's do let's do the OG. Let's do the original first. Which, by the way, in case you want to watch it, you can find it on iTunes and Amazon Prime. That's where the 1981 version came in. And evidently, this movie is most famous for have for being overly gory for the time and having the goriest nine minutes of the movie removed real this movie yes uh, i'm not kidding yes I, because th- some of the, that does some of not the, deserve that accolade and on top of that it is highly praised for being revolutionary for 80s horror for some of the kills that they had because we see those kills now in horror movies and we expect them but having someone be impaled on like a shower pipe or getting a pickaxe to the chest apparently was unheard of so it's be it holds i mean i'm not going to say it holds up because i don't think it does I, um, yeah, I don't think it does either. I do, I do really love the upside down heart that he placed at all of the crime. He just basically turned them around. Although my love for that changed when I saw my the remake. Mm. I liked that signature better because it was a heart, not upside down, but it was drawn in real human blood, and I thought that was a nice touch. 
As I was watching this, one of the notes I have that says, I do find it hard to believe that no one would have found Mabel, the girl, the woman who was in charge of the dry cleaners, the laundromat. I do find it hard to believe that no one would have found Mabel sooner in a small town the day before Valentine's Day. Because wouldn't all the girls in town be like washing their stuff and wanting to make sure everything was ready before they start to get dressed for this big Valentine's Day dance? Yeah. Before it gets canceled. Like, I find it really hard to believe that not a soul went into that laundromat. Because it's not like the cop found her the next day at, like, 5 a.m. There was, like, a good chunk of the day that had gone by. Yeah, especially if the body started to decompose enough to smell that bad. I mean, and, like, this is, I don't know, this, uh, uh, Dreadfuls, this is probably be the meanest I'll ever sound on the podcast. Because I did not like this He really did. Oh, all. my God. I cannot yeah. wait to hear what you thought of the, the remake. So, so, I think, I think... Well, Ryan, I, I want to ask you this. So apparently this this movie has a real big cult following. It does. And apparently it's a pioneer of 80s horror. It is. And uh, may, maybe maybe because it's a Canadian film, maybe... Uh, oh my God, the Can- accents in this movie. I have a, Okay, so I have a thing for accents. I'm just going like, <laughs> to throw that out there. So... I found it really hard to take it seriously when I heard them speaking with Canadian accents because I'm just like, just keep talking. I don't care what you're talking about. Yeah. It was very <laughs> distracting. <laughs> I mean, I does. Uh, I don't know if you did any homework about this, but does Canadian film or cinema have a lengthy history well, like I- American cinema does or J-horror or K-horror or Italian cinema? I actually don't know. So that I just had such a hard time with this movie that I I'm I feel very bad about this. I didn't actually do like a ton of research about Canadian horror versus American horror because this movie might have been a pioneer in term and it might have turned into a cult classic, but we were blessed with so many other 80s movies that I can see why you and I were bored by this because this could have been a huge hit in Canada. For all we know, and it could have scared the shit out of them. However, in the 80s, we had Poltergeist, The Fly, An American Werewolf in London, The Thing, The Shining, A Nightmare on Elm Street, Evil Dead, Hellraiser, Gremlins, friggin' Reanimator, The Fog, Child's Play came out in 88. Like, we were dealing with so many other films. I, it's, it's, it, which makes me think it has to be like, it has to be because of it was Canadian, and maybe it had the the cult following was primarily Canada. I mean, this is completely out of nowhere. I don't know. I I mean, I don't know. Canada at me uh, if you want to give me a history lesson. <laughs> That's about. not a threat. Like at him. Yes, please let me know why this is a cult following. Cause... Well, because well, here's the thing. So one of my favorite werewolf movies is actually a Canadian horror movie, but I guess I was just so. My uh, spectrum of of watching horror movies isn't as big as I thought it was because I've watched a lot of foreign horror, a lot of Asian horror. Um, And because I I took film in college, I watched a lot of uh, French, Middle Eastern and like German cinema. Some of those were actually horror movies. And I guess I thought I had a pretty broad-ish spectrum of film. And I'm guessing not if there are... 
more uh, horror movies out there that are Canadian that uh, contributed to the genre. Like, I don't mean to shit. I mean, I do mean to shit on this, but I don't mean to shit on it in the sense that it feels like there are a lot of people out there who give it a lot of kudos for doing something for the genre. I don't doubt that. But in 1981, when My Bloody Valentine came out in Canada, we had The Howling. And then six months later, we had An American Werewolf in London. That's what we were dealing with in 1981. So, uh, like, one of those is slightly more horrifying than the other. I would even think the howling is... And we didn't like the howling too much, but the howling is more terrifying <laughs> than this movie. And again, maybe it's small town stuff, stuff that maybe you and I can't relate to, and that's why it was sort of terrifying. Yeah. I mean, a dead guy coming back to life is pretty fucking creepy but we live in an age of zombies so maybe not exactly and I, you, you bring up a good point because the, the setting of this story is like you know well i mean even to accept the, the same thing with the remake but it takes place in a mining town where it's a really close-lit community everyone knows each other by name everyone knows each other's families i'm sure it's one of those towns back in the day where you could just keep your door open and not bat an eye and um and then just the fact that something so horrific had happened in a small town, I mean, I could see why it could be horrifying, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Our, our urban sensibilities, we're just like, nah, we're, we're in this, we've seen shit. We like, we, we're like, this, this is nothing. So maybe that, I don't know. Do you know what's also really interesting? Um, Ryan, how do you feel about Quentin Tarantino? Because apparently, My Bloody Valentine, according to a 2008, six article from entertainment weekly i mean this was like 13 years ago so his opinions may might have changed but at the time in his interview uh for grindhouse he said uh my bloody valentine was his favorite slasher movie of all time so uh what again i'm not (laughs) i'm not discounting the things that they seem to have accomplished but what i think again was revolutionary for them we had seen already I, I'm going to try and find, let's make it our mission now. Cause now I feel like we need to broaden our horizons just a smidge. Um, I feel like we now need to explore like Canada's horror movies. Okay. You know what? I, I'm, uh, we're doing this live. I'm, I'm looking up Canadian horror. Let's see what we get. Uh, Canadian horror films. Can- Canadian on... slasher film. Oh, okay. Oh. Uh, well, wait a minute. Is is that really Canadian? Black Christmas is Canadian? No way. Wrong Turn is Canadian. Uh, that is a sc- Have you ever seen that? That is a fucked up movie. Uh, I actually haven't. I mean, I've seen other films similar to it, like you know, The Hills of Eyes and stuff, but I hear amazing things about Wrong Turn, so I, I definitely want to put that on the list. Uh, oh my God. It is Canadian. Black Christmas from 1974 is a Canadian horror movie. It's well, well, one of our favorite films, American Mary, is also Canadian, apparently. Oh, um, the Soska sisters are Canadian. Uh, let's see. Uh-uh-uh. Oh, I'm so stupid. Oh no, 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 no! Don't tell me I've done this. Oh, we've made a huge error. We did. We've made a huge error in judgment. What happened? <laughs> One of our favorite directors, I think, does Canadian horror movies. 
Uh, AKA David motherfucking Cronenberg. Oh no! Oh god, he's turning. Rabbit is a Canadian movie. Okay, well. Wow. Again, I'm sorry, Canada, but I don't <laughs> see how my bloody Valentine was revolutionary for your time if you birthed David Cronenberg. <sighs> yeah. It was still well, bad. Sorry, Cronenberg, son. <laughs> I, we oh, God, I feel we- like the worst horror fan ever. I should have known that. Yep, it's on tape. The shame will live off in infamy. <laughs> We could delete all of this. No one will know. <laughs> we'll take it out and post. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think. I, oh I yeah, was we we done real fucked up. Prom night is a Canadian horror movie. Happy birthday to me. Oh well. Hmm. Scanners. Yeah, basically David Cronenberg is a Canadian film director. Uh yeah. Why um, didn't I? Why didn't that occur to me? I love him so much. Why didn't that occur to me? Uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, maybe okay. does he do maybe the Canadians he, play it low key, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> they're too polite. I, they're too Are y'all polite, too, too polite humble. for this crap? <laughs> Take some credit, damn it. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I don't understand okay, now hold on. I got a bone to pick with this then. Wait, wait with Canada or with, with this? No, film? yeah, with Canada. Oh with the fans oh no. of this movie. No, no, I have a bone to pick with the fans of this movie. So in nineteen eighty one they called my bloody Valentine revolutionary. And it gained this cult following, okay? Rabid, done by David Cronenberg, came out in 1977. Mm. It came out before this movie. Yeah. about explain. that? Explain. Canada. Ex- explain. Canada, what, what you doing? <laughs> Hold on. Explain. <laughs> I don't find this revolutionary anymore. I take back the credit I gave you. I'm sorry. Now that I remember that one of my favorite horror movie directors, I really, I think... I've been under a lot of... I'll just chuck it up to stress. I've been very stressed lately. Because mm. why well, else well, wouldn't I remember that? Also, well, trick or where was, where was Rabbit shot? Was it shot in Canada as well? Because I know this movie was shot in Canada. This, was just... this movie was absolutely shot in Canada. Oh, uh, um, Rabbit? Rabbit was? Filming... Or... Uh, uh, Rabbit was shot in Montreal and Quebec. Oh, okay. Well, okay, yeah. yeah this movie was, was shot in Nova Scotia, Canada. In the Sydney Mines. Okay, it doesn't change the fact that I don't see how this... I could see how it could gain a cult following, but I don't see how it could be revolutionary when you had Rabid come out in 1977. I don't see how it was so bloody and bad it required notable censorship. Because, like, I don't know. Also, because... This seems so tamed. It's Scanners came out the same year. Mm Mm-hmm. You, everybody is familiar with that head explosion gift from Scanners. That came out in 1981. Ryan, I guess we're too hardcore. I, I, I guess. <laughs> I just, I has confusion. Yeah. Okay, so when did Scan? hold on, maybe it's a month. Okay, so Scanners came out in January 1981. So I have to assume that my This movie Valentine- released in February 11th, 1981. Okay, so, so it came ago. out. As of a little uh, less than a month X later. Years ago. I still don't see what was so okay. I'm just okay. I don't know. It's all it's all I mean, at the end of the day, like like this podcast or just like any critic or like any fan base or following, I think it's all subjective. You like what you like and if you don't like something, I mean, I guess you can't. No, I'm not I'm not trying to discredit the people that like it. There are plenty of old school horror movies that people swear by that I can acknowledge uh, did something in towards building the genre that I detest, that I hate, and I just can't watch. That being said, 
This movie is still terrible. It's still too. Okay, let's talk about why this movie was terrible. Um, the ending of the movie was the best part. I don't know. I don't know what happened. Like, so Axel just became the Joker all of a sudden. He just got unhinged, and then he started doing this crazy laugh, and uh, he just ran off into the mines. Like, okay. And he started well. creepily laughing and asking her if she would be his Valentine. That is pretty creepy. Yeah, but, but it's that also have been so the out tone of the for the whole movie. That's why it was sort of out of character. And I was like uncomfortably laughing. I was uncomfortably laughing because I found it so good, but also because I was like, this should have been the tone to the film the whole time. Yeah. They should have just leaned into the camp because for most of the movie, I was just so incredibly bored. Um, and I was tuning out and I just hated the romantic B plot. Like just the love triangle, the love triangle. Like, okay. So TJ, and Axel just had the the worst machismo rivalry ever, and it's just it was just so badly written and delivered. It just didn't it didn't do anything for me. It was just like this is why I was looking. I was literally I never do this with movies. I was you were lo- looking forward to these so much. Yeah, I I, I was like literally scrolling through my phone because I didn't. I feel like it didn't. It didn't. I, my, 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 I, I wasn't giving it like the 100% attention. This is me as a cinephile because I love movies. I will, I like, I'm the type of person who will just judge someone who will, who's just talking really loudly or talking on her phone or like, it's like, it's like, no, it's like, I, I was just so tuned out. And like, part, every time like this, this B plot, this rivalry just comes on the screen, he's just like, uh. I did like the Valentine that the sheriff got from the first death. It says roses are red, violets are blue, one is dead, and so are you. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I, it, I mean, the movie has these moments of cheeky humor, oh, which I like. Like, I, one of my favorite moments, like similar in vain to that, was when the one of the dudes runs back and picks up beer from the fridge, and the the guy, the the, the head is just chilling there. Oh my god, the body is chilling in that, and he doesn't notice. Yeah. And the or, heart, or the, the, after they pulled the heart out of the uh, gross gray hot dog water. Mmm, delicious. Um, I mean, I made I made a point of writing down to myself, not that I don't know how I would forget this, that this movie was not particularly horrifying, and a lot of the deaths occur like off screen. Yeah. Which, I'm sorry, maybe that was part of the nine minutes that got cut, but, like, I want to watch them die. Also, where would they have cut nine minutes from this movie that made it so excessively gory that they had to take it out? I feel like they, part, part of those minutes was seeing the girl impaled on the shower head. I feel like they would have had, like, a fuller shot of that. Maybe the, the kid who's getting his face burnt in the hot dog water, maybe, like, uh, Harry pulled his face out and it was all scalding and burning and blistering. I could see that happening. Well, don't forget, none of this was Harry. They all thought it was. This. Was oh, Axel. yeah, okay. Well, yeah, spoilers. It wasn't... Harry's been dead. It was Axel. Axel was the... Well, the okay, so kid. Harry did kill people that were in the mine. He did Originally, 20 years ago, before the start of the story. Yeah, but, and yeah. Axel was the little boy who was hiding under the bed that like watched his dad get butchered in front of him by this madman. But there was a disconnect there. I was just like, so you watched him kill your dad and you survived, but then what? 
And there so was that important really... detail of Axel being the kid of one of the administrators in the mine, like just did, you did just did fail to mention that, or are the cops so bad in this town they didn't have like proper grief counseling? They're just really kid? bad at their jobs. They are. They are. Yeah. So it was like the Jaws effect. Like every time there was a murder happening. They, they just sat on their thumbs like, should we close the town? Should we close down the party? Should we inform the mayor? Oh, no. I don't, no, we don't want to cause a panic. No. Um, yeah, yeah these guys are horrible at their job. It was, yeah. They could have, they, what they, they should have done is when the first murder happened, they should have installed like a curfew, maybe like a citywide martial law kind of thing. Wait, you, you, yeah, but you, everybody knows what happens when you're trying to install a city curfew. You've seen Scream. It doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Meddling kids, stupid kids trying to have a party in the mine. <laughs> the worst idea, having a party in the mine. Why? Yeah, I'm so why? angry. That's the other thing I don't understand. Why would you want to have a party in a mine? Can someone explain this to me? I'm from uh, the city. I, I, you know, I, I don't, I know I mean, nothing. A, a mine where 20 years ago, a massive methane explosion killed five miners. But no, the kids were probably even born yet. Although it's funny you should say that there is a town. In, I think it was an old, if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, there is an old mining town in Pennsylvania that is currently on fire. Like oh, under geez. the ground, like you can see it. What? That's it's still, crazy. yeah, That's and it's still crazy. burning. That's wild. Like right now, as we speak, it's still burning. I never. I went to school. I went to school in Pennsylvania, but I never went there. Mm-hmm. Regrets. 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 Well, Regrets. okay. Well, we'll change that. But oh, good. <laughs> I don't know, but just in general, I mean, I I guess if you're, I mean. Idle hands at the tools of the devil. If you're bored enough, you'll do anything to... Please, please don't don't party or rave in mines, especially active ones, especially ones where they have, like, lax safety standards. It's just... Ugh, okay, it's so they are... Okay, so the town is... It's called Centralia, Pennsylvania. As of 2017, there was a population of 10 people. 10?! Yes. Ten people? Are they like one family? Probably because all the fires are caused by underground coal mine fires. Jeez. And if you, it's it's an, a totally abandoned ghost town, but it's incredible to look at the photos and the videos. Like you look it up in your in your spare time. Also, great place to film a movie. Don't know how you would do that unless you have drones, because I don't know if you can actually place all that equipment on top of a burning town. <laughs> but we'll have to find a way, Ryan. Life will find a way. It's Life fine. will find a way. Okay, yes. Jeff Goldblum. Yes. How far are you away from Centralia? Uh, I need to spell that. Centralia. Spell, spell Ma- Central oh, Centralia with an Mine. Mine. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Uh, Google Maps. Do 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 do. It's what been on fire for fifty three years. I just want to say that. <laughs> Um, let's see. Centralia coal mine fire ventilation Well, actually, pipes. actually, since that article's been written, it's now 57. <laughs> wow. Almost 60 years this town that's, has been on fire. That's crazy. Okay. Uh, How far uh, away from you? Because you should go. Uh, two hours away. Okay. okay so, um, 
So Centralia is it's about like eighty miles north of Lancaster. Um, I guess from for the giant landmark of Philadelphia, it is to the west or northwest of Philly, about uh, just a little over two hours. Okay, well, go visit the town that's still on fire. Now that we got sidetracked talking about something that's better than my bloody Valentine, um. I'm, I'm going to give you my rating now. I give it one out of five pickaxes. Okay, okay. I, just, I just will one. give it... Just one. I will give it one and a half Wow, pickaxes. for a movie you hated, you're being generous. Yeah, okay. Because there, there, were, there were two main things I enjoyed. I, uh, I enjoyed Hollis. Hollis was really cool. Yeah, like Hollis is this big, goofy, jolly minor with a with a nice mustache and he was he he stepped up he was like the peacekeeper and he protected the the girls and he and and you know i i was actually sad and yet his, his death. death was very underwhelming it was it was he got he got nail gun to the head i think compared to the other teenagers he had a well i guess death? i guess it's just it, i think it, i guess it depends on how you see it because he was shot in the head but he wasn't killed instantly so he managed to crawl or managed to stumble his way back to the girls down the shaft before dying. So I guess he suffered a lot of pain. But I think the other teenage murders were more elaborate or just more over the top at least. Hands down, one of my favorite moments where like I really thought that Sarah deserved or really earned the the final girl or last girl um title trope, trope yeah. was when um her friend Patty just starts losing it. And then Sarah's like, yo, we gotta go. Get your shit together. Get and she starts together, slapping yeah. her. And it's like, yo, Sarah, you're like, you're going out full on Ripley. You're full on Ripley mode. You are awesome. I have so much respect for you now. Because like before she just was just a, like a plot device just to bring out the angst between tj and axel it wasn't until that point where like sarah was like oh my god sarah you are give me full, give me more of that this is actually interesting to me that and... should have been the whole movie yeah okay so anyway that those, those are the so i that, gave that, that constituted one out of the, five pickaxes because it was just pack x so not not great yeah no yeah great. let's let's move on to the my bloody valentine 2d 3d 3D. 2009 yeah mm. So I paid money to go see this in theaters. I remember seeing so much like viral guerrilla marketing for this movie. I didn't I didn't see it in theaters, but I I definitely remember the trailers. I remember so much hype about the 3D and how like like I I think in the trailer like he throws a pickaxe and the pickaxe just like flies at you. Yeah. I think that, they made it they tried to make a really big deal out of that. Yeah. Yeah. See, now here's the thing. I th- they made the killer way too obvious because rewatching my bloody Valentine nineteen eighty one I didn't remember too much about it so it was like I was watching it for the first time mm-hmm. but I remember my bloody Valentine two thousand nine like if I can remember the killer you mm-hmm. didn't do that good of a job I'm sorry I I I just thought. I felt like my bloody Valentine 3D shoehorned the twist even more badly than the original. I will say it did make up for the lack of a body count in the original. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. You get, you get like 15 minutes into the movie and 22 people died. Yeah. Like, no, like, you get they... nine minutes into the movie and 22 people died. And that's not even... That wasn't even the bulk of the movie. That was... Set, that so was just the beginning. That was just... Basically... That was his exposition and prologue. Yes. So basically, the first nine minutes of the remake is mm. the entire hour and a half of the original. Yeah. It... That's that's what that was. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay. I sort of see what you did there. But mm. that... but. It, the beginning of this one felt like a proper slasher movie, which is why, it really did. It which really is why did. Like, I was I was enjoying it to a degree, but from the beginning they made the killer way too obvious. They all get out of the mine except for the guy who ends up being the killer. He's left behind, and I'm so, and then it fast forwards ten years later, twenty years later, however the fuck long. I mean, they just they they you knew exactly who it was. They just. They did a really bad job of trying to make that a reveal. Mm. They had a different reveal and a different twist to the end. Um, I hated that different take. Like, I mean, I I hate both, but like this one just seemed even more force fed. Like, we're just for I. It's just like, oh yeah, Jets and Ankles developed a dissociative dissociative identity, a split personality. Yeah, or yeah, it's like, or is like inhabited by like the the psyche of, or he like inherited the psyche of Harry Warden. Yeah, and and it's just like okay, this well, is. Well, the deaths. I will say that the deaths in this movie were also like much more satisfying. I agree. Than they were in the first one. I agree. I I enjoyed the kills a lot more in this movie, but like the story was just like eh, it frustrated me. So. Yeah. I mean, it's again, I still think that the best part was tw- 22 people died in 10 minutes. Like, that was great. <laughs> Harry's signature. So, Harry's signature in the 2009 remake was a heart, but it was a bloody heart that he drew on the wall, like all over the walls, especially in the hospital, with his finger with everyone else's blood. Creepy, effective. And it's a great opening scene where you see literally a trail of bodies leading out of the hospital. Like the bloody nurse's arm that's hanging off the thing. One of the patients was completely disemboweled. Like it did a good job of setting that up. Now, if only they had carried that tone. So this started out strong and they should have carried that tone throughout the whole thing. The 81 movie ended on a note that should have set the precedent for the movie to begin with. Him creepily, like, sing-songily asking this girl to be his valentine while he has one arm and he goes running back into the cave. If that had been the tone for the movie the whole time, I think it could have been better. Oh, yeah. I I, I just... It was bizarre and it, it was, was jarring. It was so unnecessary. But, but, but that's the type... If, it, if a movie's gonna be bad, I want it to be that kind of bad. Like, just very... Just hokey... And like just lean into the camp, you know, like very yeah. e- like Evil Dead Two kind of kind of vibe, and just just yeah, just go for it. I mean, because at least you're like you're really going for a vision, yeah. And yeah, here's the thing though: is in the first one, the love triangle was sort of the center plot, and everything else was sort of happening around it, which I think was also a mistake. In this one, the love triangle between the main three people was sort of like a complement to all the death. So it worked out better in that sense, but it was just very poorly written. Um, 
If the most memorable thing about your movie is the reveal of your killer, you have a problem. Yeah. You you have a problem. It It's not effective. I do also think it was a, a wonderfully nice nod to the first movie with the killer walking through a very, very well-lit mine, I might add, knocking out the lights with the pickaxe. Mm-hmm. That was great. So they had, like, some things that were there that were fine yeah uh, going back to your earlier but i still give it one i still i give this one the same grade i gave the first one which yeah i i wasn't as annoyed about the romantic b plot in 3d because i don't think they they didn't they didn't let it dominate the story because like there were other layers but it's just the writing the writing was terrible had this been written better this might have actually been a solid remake yeah because like I mean, I haven't seen Jensen Eccles and a lot of other stuff besides like Supernatural, and I thought he, I thought it was pretty okay. Um, I don't know how I felt about Axel. He was a putz. Yeah. Oh, so here's your twist ending for this movie. He survives. He yeah. doesn't die and crawl back into the mine the way the killer does in the first one. He survives, and he escapes by dressing up as one of the rescue workers. And I was like, okay, I get where you're going with that. But during the post-credits, there is someone dressed up in a miner's suit with a pickaxe that's walking around the mine, that's walking around the tunnels. Which, as we know, isn't... Um, Jensen Ackles' character because he got out. Yeah, so is it so it's sort hallucination? Of, is, it, is it actually right. real? Is mm-hmm. it, were there two killers all along? We don't know. And they never made a second one, thankfully, so we're never going to have to find out. Yeah. No, yeah, they never made a second are... one. Wait, I'm sorry? I said they never made a second one. Although it's been 10 years. If someone wants to release a remake of the remake, go right ahead. <laughs> yeah, or an extended sequel. I mean, I don't think Jensen Eccles has an age today, so he could be like, oh, yeah, this is all, a year has passed. Even though no, yeah, he still looks years. good. He can still do it. Or, you yeah. know, just do it with a completely different cast. Give new meaning to some of this. Make it maybe a little bit more diverse. Although, in a mining town, it's kind of hard to have diversity. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, they were trying to go for that same small town. There are plenty kind of, of small towns where it doesn't have to revolve around mining, but then it would look weird to have it called My Bloody Valentine without the whole miner's mask look thing. Yeah, that, yeah. That's... Also, gas masks are also very creepy. Yeah, I love gas masks. They're, they're great. They're that's fucking a... creepy to look at. But they're so cool. Did I ever tell you one of my friends from high school for my... Yeah, for my birthday, um, Got you a gas she, mask. she went to a flea market and found like an antique World War One gas mask, and she gave it to me. It was great. It was cool. Do you still have it? I still have it. Uh, it's somewhere. It's it's one of the boxes, but I still have it. I I used to use it for some cosplays for like Otakon That's and stuff. Awesome. So it it was it was pretty great. Um, That's pretty cool. Yeah. Although okay. now, oh, now that I think of it, <laughs> I thought it was so weird and just 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 really awkward um just jumping back to the 1981 scene where like they're like who, i guess it was ax axel or like whoever yeah whoever it really was in the beginning of the 1981 where like they're using the gas mask as like a sexual foreplay as like oh oh that was weird that must have uh, been harry warden though but that was really yeah. really weird 
It's like, I love gas masks, but I don't love them that in that way or that much. So I think the part, the part of the remake that made me laugh the hardest was when one of the surviving girls named Irene is done having sex with the trucker. And she realizes that he filmed the whole thing. And he walks out and goes back to his truck. And she's like, screw it. I'm not going to put my clothes back on. I'm just going to look for a gun. And she struts naked across the parking lot with a gun in her hand. Yeah, and then, she, don't give, she don't give a fuck. Yeah, Right, there you go. but <laughs> the gun had no bullets in it. And he was like, I know it doesn't have any bullets. And she just went, ugh, and just threw the gun at him. I'm like, really? <laughs> Wait, really? <laughs> Yeah, so long story short, both of these sucked. They, yeah, they did. Like, so. I, I hate to say that. I love watching old movies that you that you think about, the newer ones that have come after that, and you go, oh, wow, those really set a precedent for the genre. I don't feel that way about this. And, I, no. and I'm a little sad about it, but it was not good. <laughs> I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't really recommend this for, like, a chillax, stay-at-home Netflix kind of you know, evening. It's just like no, no. There's better. There's way more. There's way better movies to kill your time with. If you want to watch an old school horror movie, and you have a paper to read, or a grade, or a book to read, this is perfect background noise. You don't have to pay attention to any of it. I think you know we chose this because I think this is one of the more notable Valentine's Day. Oh wow, Valentine's Day themed horror movies. Yeah, but. I mean, it's the 13th while we're recording this. This will come out tomorrow. So maybe we could take some time to discuss what is the quintessential horror movie to watch on Valentine's Day. Because this movie clearly isn't it. Yeah. I think next year for for Valentine's Day, we're going to watch something different. I mm. do think that there is... Um... Hold on. Let's see. So I have a list. So there's Valentine right from 2001. Um, there's. Um, do, do, do. Uh, there's Valentine from 2001. There's Lover's Lane from 1999. My Boyfriend's Back. Um, there's Audition, which is a really messed up. Um, a Japanese movie that I've seen before that is fucked up. Oh wait, you know what? I I think I saw like a Facebook ad or something on my Facebook feed about Audition. I'm pretty sure that yeah, I'm pretty sure I, I've seen it. Audition. Or I'm not seen it. I've seen the ad. I heard. I haven't actually seen the movie, but that that title does ring a bell. No, Audition is is absolutely great. I I love Audition. Again, really, really screwed up movie. <laughs> but it's not like, it's not like, it's more of like an anti-Valentine's Day movie. It's not a horror movie that has something to do with Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking at a list that says top Valentine's Day themed horror films. Number one, My Bloody Valentine 1981. Number two, My Bloody Valentine 2009. Yeah, right. I was reading from the same list. Two okay, facts. so Valentine from 2001 mm -hmm. seems to be a popular pick. Lover's Lane from 1999. My Boyfriend's Back from 1993. Pontypool from 2009. 
Picnic at Hanging Rock, 1975. See, I'm interested in this one because it it takes place in Australia and everything in Australia can kill you. And that's, that's, I mean, imagine like serial killers from Australia. Just like, they're just, just. Serial, I've, I've, I've actually read a couple of cases of uh, serial killers in Australia. One that particularly stands out is Catherine Knight. She cannibalized her, uh boyfriend and oh yay and fed them to the and fed him to the kids that's great she was fucked in the head so yeah so we clearly have a couple of other things that we can pick from for other valentine's day themed horror movies that we can watch because we're clearly not gonna come back to these (laughs) two it's just not gonna happen so i'm okay with that so in sum total both of these movies get two out of five pickaxes from us yeah, they're well. If you, you count even combined, they both fail. It's, yeah, it, yeah, it's just they weren't they weren't good, like at all. Uh, I'm surprised. There's, I mean, you know, you have like like hokey holiday themed monster movies like Leprechaun. I'm surprised there's not a movie about like some Cupid. Yeah, Cupid, just like some crazy messed up angel. Well, baby. Chris, now is your chance. You should make that movie. Yes, yes. Like okay, here's here's the scene. We we pull up onto uh, um, now. Is, uh, it a, is it is it a, is it uh, a man dressed up as Cupid, or is it one of the little stone cherubs that come? Oh alive? no, it's one of those cherubs. I'm going like full cherub. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying, it's like like, it's like Krampus a cold... instead of the toys. It's the little stone cherub. Oh my god, somebody... yeah, that'd be so great. Okay, so how, okay, okay, I got it. So, okay, okay, so this kid in elementary school, uh, unfortunately, um, for, for whatever reason, X, Y, Z, he, maybe he's not liked, maybe he has trouble. Like Krampus, he comes in and says, I hate Valentine's Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah I hate Valentine's it. Day. And he just ripped, like, uh, he, or he doesn't get a Valentine's Day card. And then, like, the one Valentine's Day card he gets is from, like, his, his mom. mom. And then he's like, he and like, and like the shame it burns him inside, so he rips it, and it like he like stomps all the the candy hearts, and he just out of out of the ashes of the candy, like uh, it starts to reform into this cherub made of like weird, like this weird pink red colored stone, and and it goes around the town. Uh, it's just killing everyone, and it's just uh, and then and then there's like a slower mystery where the kid is he's kind of oblivious of what's going on, but he notices like one by one, some of the kids in the classroom start to start to die mysterious, start to vanish mysteriously from from class or throughout the week, um, and and then the police are just finding like bodies with with like like arrow arrow like you, know, like you have like a blood splatter a splatter um blood splatter analyst he breaks in like a body of like a teenager and then they're like this this guy was was killed by a stone arrow i was like and i go and then, and then i don't know i don't know and then i scene yes I'll, i'm gonna lean really hard into the camp um because i i want i want like I feel like that's where a lot of success of certain horror movies find themselves when you sort of lean into the ridiculousness and like allow yourself to make fun of yourself, which is why I don't hate Seed of Chucky 
because Don Mancini and the rest of that crew knew good goddamn well that they were going to make a farce out of it and they've owned up to it and they don't care. They're like, hell yeah, this is a campy movie. It's it's hilariously bad, but why don't you want a Chucky plotline like that? <laughs> True it facts. Was so ridiculous. True facts. Give us the Chucky movie and give us and give us my Killer Cupid movie because I Go need it now. Go write it yourself. Go. <laughs> yes. Right now. <laughs> yes. Okay, I'll do it. It'll be great. Um, so yeah, uh, Ryan, happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> happy Valentine's Day. I hope. I hope it's better than these movies. <laughs> I I really you know what horror horror movies obviously are my favorite genre so I hate to shit on horror movies but when you gotta you gotta these were just so bad I mean there's a first time for everything I I mean we can't like them all we can't we I mean we can't like Uncle Sam and we can't like no my one bloody likes Valentine that movie, Chris except you <laughs> <laughs> I take full responsibility for Uncle Sam you I mean, should it's yeah. all your fault it's very bad. Um, um, but yeah, so everyone, uh, I hope everyone has, has been staying warm. It's been really, really weird weather wise. And I hope everyone has a safe and happy and fun, uh, Valentine's day. And, um, I mean, if, uh, so if you're celebrating with your loved one, congrats, have fun. If you, if you don't have anyone, uh, to celebrate that Valentine's day, that's totally cool. You know, treat yourself. So treat yourself to a nice dinner, a nice movie. Just love yourself. We're ending on a positive note. Just have treat yourself have... to a movie that isn't this one. Yes, exactly. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, and uh, oh, Ryan, I have one last piece of trivia to before we uh, officially close out the episode. Okay. So, did you know? That there are actually multiple Saint Valentines. There's not just one. I think there's actually like three different Saint Valentines, and the one of them that's my favorite is the one with the massacre, right? Well, no, he was. I forget the reason why he was killed, but he was drawn and quartered, and his his body was split up to like seven different pieces, and it was like divided all across the globe. So, so you got nice. Yeah, so that's my favorite Saint Valentine. So that's uh, how everyone should have a safe Valentine's Day. Go divide somebody up into seven pieces and scatter them across the earth. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're tired. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, Ryan, where can all of our dreadfuls find our delightful podcast? Whether on Saint Valentine's Day. Whether in the past, whether in the future, where can they find us? You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. But more importantly, you can find us on our kick-ass motherfucking website, leftfordread.com. It's a very good website. Thanks, so. Wix. Yes, thank Not you so sponsored. much, Wix. Well, well we're always going to thank Wix because we're so, we're so blown away. And as always, don't forget to... Um, you know, follow us on Facebook, especially our our Facebook group. We post a lot of great um, news and articles and memes. So, join us in the community. It's really fun. And um, until then, um, you know, in, 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 oh, sorry, what? Uh, no. Oh, oh, yeah. Anyway, enjoy say enjoy Valentine's Day. Just you know, keep your hearts in your 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 chest and. <laughs> 
I don't know. I... <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> Don't forget, stay dreadful. Stay dreadful. <laughs> <laughs>